So this morning in my series, Freedom from Fear, um, I want to just do a little review and and then quickly drive my point home. Um, I'm kind of in a continuation in this series from last week when we talked about the fear of death and really understanding what that's about. If you, if you haven't listened to that message last week, I'd encourage you to go back. You can go to our website um, and you can either download that or, or just listen to it. But I'd encourage you to listen to that message from last week again and just remind yourself or if you didn't hear it I'd encourage you to go and listen to that talking about the fear of death <clears throat> Psalm 34 and 4 says I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears we talked last week that <clears throat> there are many things that people are afraid of today and yet in God's word He wants us to be free from all fear. He doesn't want you tolerating or putting up with any type of fear. He wants you free. But you have to understand how to be free from fear and then how to live in that day to day. How to to apply the word of God so that you can be free and liberated from fear. David said here in this Psalm 34, he said, I sought the Lord and I believe that the Lord heard me and he delivered me from all fear. Of those fears. Last week I gave you this definition and I added a little to it this week. But fear is the strong emotion caused by anticipation of danger or death. Strong emotion caused by anticipation of danger or death. 1 John 4.18, and we read this a couple of weeks ago, There is no fear in love, but perfect love, perfected love, casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And I shared with you, just reminding you of this, that I said that that it's not so much about being becoming within ourselves perfected in loving others. It's about being perfected and realizing how much God loves us. I'm going to say it to you again. It's not about, what I believe what he's saying here is not so much about it. It's about it, but it's not so much, not first and foremost. It's not about you and I trying to love other people, especially unlovable people. But it's about realizing how much God loves me because when I realize how much God loves me, then I'll love other people. You trying to love somebody that's unlovely, putting the cart before the horse. I promise you right now, more than likely, you're not going to make it. You will fail. But the more you find out about how much God loves you in spite of you, in spite of your mistakes... In spite of the things that you've done in life, He loves you. He accepts you just like you are and empowers you to make changes in your life that need to be made. You don't have to stay like you are. And then, when you like yourself and you love yourself, you can love other people. Someone say amen to that. The Bible says that God so loved that He gave. 
And what did he give? He gave the best of heaven. You have to believe that to believe that he loves you the same way that he loved Jesus. The passion and the love he had for Jesus in giving him is the same love that he has for you. To empower you so that you can overcome in all that you do. I'll just say this, and I said it last time. When I know that he loves me, I can do anything. I mean, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I loved the Superman shows. You know? There was a series on TV when I was a kid in the 60s. Superman! Hmm? I used to think I could, if I, I had one of those capes, and I used to think I could get on the top of the roof and probably fly. Good thing I didn't try it. Amen? But it's, it's just like, boom! You know, it's like Superman, he, he, he's, he's, in a, he's in a phone booth. You know, some people don't even know what a phone booth is. But he's in a phone booth, right? And he breaks out, and all of a sudden, when you know how much God loves you, it's like that. It's like, boom! Man, I can do anything. Huh? Leap tall buildings in a single bound. I can do it. There's nothing I can't do when I know how much God loves me, and there's not anybody I can't love in spite of what they do. You know how much time is spent in this life talking about what other people have done to you. You know how much time is spent. Most people don't know. I go on not talking about anybody fasts. And it makes me realize when I thought I didn't talk bad about somebody, how many times I just give little opinions about this, that, and the other. I shut it down. I don't need it. It doesn't produce any good thing. Not in my life. And the more I know how much he loves me and that he's forgiven me and empowered me, I can believe for the good of other people that way. That's what God put us on this planet to do. Last week we talked about that death is ruled by fear. That, That the fear of death is the main issue in life that has to be overcome, the fear of death. I gave you this definition of death, the passing or destruction of something. The passing or destruction of something. Also being separated from life. Death is being separated from life. God is life. And in him there's no darkness, no death. There is no death whatsoever in him when you leave this body it's not the end of something it's the transition of the next phase of your life the moment you were conceived in the womb eternity began for your life the moment you were conceived eternity began and when we leave these bodies it's not the end of something It's the transition into the next phase. God has empowered you and I to be able to overcome things in life so that we can understand that so we can live in this life free from the fear of death. I used to be afraid to die, especially before I knew Jesus. 
But even after, I, 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 had, the, I had this fear, that this tormenting thing that I, that I would deal with at times. And when I got free of that, it, it, it took me to another level because I wasn't ever focused on that again. I wasn't afraid that something bad was going to happen to me. You know why? God's got my front covered, he's got both sides covered, and he's got my back. <laughs> he's got it all covered. Everything is covered with God. I don't care what it is, there's not anything that is too difficult for Him. He's already made a way, even when it seems like there's no way. No, it's already made. You just got to find it and tap into it. And I'm, telling, I'm telling you, fear of all kinds, especially the fear of death, will keep you from tapping the destiny of God. Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, that was with Adam. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey what God said, the sin he's talking about here was the sin of disobedience. The sin of disobeying what God says is true. See, that's why you want to see power in the name of Jesus, you have to have revelation of the word. You can yell the name of Jesus all day long. There were people in the book of Acts that tried to use the name of Jesus, but no revelation of the word. What happened? Those demons got off on them. The name of Jesus doesn't work separated from the word. So if I'm declaring something like this, let's say something's come against my life and I'm declaring something like this. Watch what I say. Some type of fears come to my mind. I stop it in my thoughts. With my words, I say, no, 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 no. Fear, I address you now in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. That's not enough. I address you now in the name of Jesus, and the word says, God hadn't given me that fear. That means what you're telling me is a lie, and I command you now to flee. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. See, we just have to, we have to meditate on it, but we have to program it into us to where it's something that is applicable in everyday life so I can apply it to every situation that I face. Listen, so nothing can overcome my life. Greater is he that's in me than the devil or anything else in the world that tries to convince me that he's not greater in me. No, he's greater. And I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. But where does that strength come from? It comes from the Word, revealed by the Holy Spirit. We have to believe that. So this one man, death came. But in Romans 5.15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died... What, 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 what's our definition of death? The passing or destruction of something. What passed and what happened is that now Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, they were separated from life. See, they weren't created flesh and blood first. They were created spirit. You and I are not flesh and blood first. We're spirit. We were created in the image of God, and God is spirit. They weren't that way. 
But what happened with them is that, that they died because they were separated from the life. These physical bodies leave when there's no more life in the flesh. You and I don't have to die. We can live in life now. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me finish this verse. Let me start from the beginning. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense, Adam, many died, and they did, much more. Everybody say much more. Not just a little more, not just even Stephen. No, no, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to the many. Now, now the Scripture says in there, I think in the 12th or something earlier, death, sin, destruction shall no more have authority or victory over my life. Because he liberated me, but I have to understand that, and I have to believe it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, I want to just run through in this last little piece that I'm going to give you today. <clears throat> I want to run through this. Just pay attention, because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I, I want you to hear it, and I, what I encourage you to do is go back and read it. And everything I'm going to talk to you about is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want to read verse 57 first of 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 57. And it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Glory! Amen? That's not enough. That's not enough. You've got to know why. Victory from what? What's he talking about? What was written in the 56 verses before this verse? Well, let's look at it. I'm not going to read them all. Probably should, but I'm not. But let's just start with verse 1. <laughs> Moreover, brethren, I declare to you, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part maintained to the present, not all of them, but the greater part, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then, last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. What do we have the victory? Why do we have the victory through Christ Jesus? Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection. Verse 12. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some 
say that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. And there's no church, there's no truth, there's no revelation, there's no understanding. If he's not raised from the dead, if you don't believe that he's really been raised from the dead, then nothing matters. None of the rest of it. But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you today, He is alive, He's resurrected. But you know what? You have to believe that. I was shocked. I was literally shocked one day when we were in our old building on Water Street. <clears throat> and uh, I don't even remember who the secretary was. But she said, somebody's here to see you. And I said, okay, who is it? Well, I don't know, he's, he's, he's some guy with creation or something like that. And I said, okay. So I went out there and I didn't hear, I never heard of the organization or anything else. And, and, uh, and he begins to ask me if I believe in creation. And I said, now, what group are you from? He said, whatever it was. I said, now this is a Christian group? And he goes, yeah. He said, we're just taking a poll to see if you believe in creation. I said, you're taking a poll of Christians? He goes, yeah. I said, for what? He said, because what I'm finding out, I'm waiting to see what you answer. He said, but in this city, uh, I've had, I've been to however many he had been to, and over half of them said that they were undecided. Creation, evolution, kind of this, that, or the other. And I'm looking at the guy thinking, what? How can you be a Christian and not believe in creation? <laughs> And so he began to share with me some things about it, and long story short, I'm saying, I would have never thought that. But then again, I've talked to some Christians that not sure that they believe that the resurrection from the dead was literal. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you making such a big point about that right now? I said, I think all of us sitting in here probably believe. But no, 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 I'm telling you, you have to really believe it. No, 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 you have to believe this. Because if not, then you'll be in fear. You have to really believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, no government is the answer for this planet today. What's the answer for the planet? Christ in you. Christ revealed in you is the hope of glory. It's the hope of the planet. What does that mean? That means that everything that God says is so is revealed in me and I believe it. I don't just go through the motions of acknowledging it. I apply it and I put it to work and I live that way all the time no matter the abuse or how people feel. I'm not waking up every morning to look to offend somebody. And I realize whatever revelation I have today, there are a lot of people not born again and even born again that don't have my revelation. I'm not going to shove it down anybody's throat. I'm not doing it. 
I refuse to live like that. What draws people to God? The kindness of God. The kindness of God leads a man to repentance. I'm not doing that. But if you ask me a question, you better, you, you, you better load up both ear packages because I'm going to give you double barrels. I mean, I'm just going to give it to you. I mean, I don't have to preach to you. I'm just going to share with you what I believe because every human being that I look at, if I've got a revelation about something and they don't, they need it. They need it. They need the revelation. And, and to be critical about someone else's life and be against someone because they, because they struggle, they don't believe, they even have an attitude, they're in your face about things, you, you have to look past them and realize if they had the revelation, they wouldn't be like that. You know why? Because I used to be like that, and now I got the revelation, and now I ain't like that anymore. Can you say amen? So everything is empty. Question is, was he raised? You have to answer that. Was he truly raised? <clears throat> Verse 20. But now Christ is risen. Paul left some questions, you know, saying, you know, well, do people think this or do they think? No, but this is, this is Paul's belief. But now Christ is risen from the dead. And has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, so if you've fallen asleep and you're not pursuing God and there's not revelation and you're not willing to change some things in your life, that's why he died for you. It's a win-win for us. You know, you know when it ends where it doesn't work good for you after that is when this life is over. I want to spend the time here growing in it. You understand? It's not over till it's over. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how many times you started and you stopped and you started and stopped. Or you got excited and then unexcited. You believed and then you didn't. I don't care how many times. That's why he died. That's what he said right here. That's why he died. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. By Adam there was death, but by the resurrection came the deliverance of all men. For as, Adam, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Everybody say, I'm alive. You and I are alive today in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Amen? Verse 42. I'm almost there. So also, the resurrect, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown, in natural, it's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. Now listen to me, I don't have time to spend on this. Go back and read it. I'm going to touch on it in my last one. I've got one more message on this, and I'm going to touch on the ends of this next time. But listen to me. You are not flesh and blood, first and foremost. You are a spirit. Jesus was resurrected from the dead to give you life. 4,000 years previous from the time that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was no life inside of man. I'm talking about spiritual life. 
Spiritual manifestation was only on the outside of man. Nothing internal. But when Jesus did what he did, it was flooded back inside of us to those who choose to receive it. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, you're born again. Spirit and the life of God is on the inside of you. And then you have to believe that he was really resurrected from the dead so that daily you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh by acknowledging how great the things of the Spirit are. Did you hear me? You and I daily are sowing towards dying to the flesh and being alive in Christ Jesus every single day. We don't have to tolerate this mess. We don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of of when, when, when there's a transition and you go from this body to the next because this whole passage right here talks about that transition. But when you're not afraid of dying, you'll live long. When you're not afraid of dying, you'll live long and strong. You live with the attitude, nothing's taken me out. I'm walking this with God, and I'm walking in the things of the Spirit, being aware of the things of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh. And man, it's, I mean, there's an information highway out there trying to convince you to be more concerned about the things of the natural than the things of the Spirit. I'm telling you, all the natural things will work out when you're connected to the things of the Spirit. That's what he's saying right here. Verse 54 through 58, and I'm going to end with this. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in fig tree. We read last week that death is the last enemy. Listen to me, death is not a friend. I mean, I've been at, the, at many, many deathbeds of people. And everybody, until there was a peace with them, fought to stay alive. Why? Because Adam and Eve weren't created to die. I'm going to say it again. Adam and Eve were not created to die. That's why we fight against death. So good, keep doing that. Fight against it, but fight in the things of the Spirit. Give the devil no place in your mind, convincing you that you're going to be taken out and you, you know, you're going to die and you're going to leave your kids and, and this, this thing's going to happen or that. No, 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 no. I'm living long and strong. The angels of God encamp around about me. They protect me in all of my ways. I'm sowing to the things of the Spirit so that the flesh doesn't have dominance over my life. That way, when I'm sowing to the Spirit, then I'm in control of my flesh. A married man that's in control of his flesh will never commit adultery on his wife, ever. Ever. I've never met somebody that committed adultery that when I talked to them afterwards trying to help them, I never found one that had the attitude that he was glad he did it. No. What did he do? Gave into his flesh. Gave into thoughts. It didn't just happen one day to the next. He meditated on it for a long period of time. Oh, yeah, he saw himself doing that. But, man, when you're sowing to the Spirit, you'll never do something like that. Wow, Pastor, that's, that's a bold claim. Well, all I'm saying is what he said. I'm saying what he said. You find somebody doing something in the flesh they shouldn't be doing, it's because they're not meditating on the things of the Spirit.
So to the Spirit, not to the flesh. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, hell, where, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, which is disobedience, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of this victory that we have, realizing Jesus was raised from the dead, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, all authority has been given to us, there's not anything we can't do. We know how much the Father loves us. We're empowered to overcome in every situation in life. So he says this, this is the command for the rest of your life in the last verse here. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always. And <clears throat> a last scripture that I want to get you, give you just to think about is Galatians 5, 16. I say then walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what I'm saying. You're spiritual minded, you're sowing to the spirit life that is on the inside of you, you will not walk out the things of the flesh. Everybody has opportunity. Everybody sitting in here has the opportunity to do something in their flesh that goes against the will of God. Everybody sitting in here has that opportunity. You're not strong enough not to carry it out. You have to be sowing to the spirit, to the word of God, giving God glory and praise on a daily basis. Applying the word in difficult situations when things come at you. Because I didn't say things aren't coming. I didn't say there's not things in the future like what we've faced in the last five or six months. But when you're tied to the Spirit, He's got the answer to everything. And you can do everything that God created you to do. Can you shout amen? Somebody today. Glory to God. God is true, true, true to His word.